1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
0: Proud to admit
2: I am displaying no chest hair as we host live Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Vanessa Richardson. We are in for the guys and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Vanessa, NBA free agency gets going Friday, 6 o'clock. Is it time for Dame Lillard to think about switching teams as we get started on today's edition of the program, how you been, Vanessa?
3: Uh, well, I would first like to thank you for not showing your chest hair. I feel like I am personally, since I can see you via uh, a computer screen, I would like to personally thank you for not showing the chest hair. But yeah, this is going to be uh, this is going to be an interesting NBA free agency time. I've been good. I've been doing a lot of NBA work with the Rockets, so staying busy. Uh, how about you? How you been?
2: Um, I've been great. Um, I'm in Cleveland, where the Cavs are looking for a wing upgrade of some kind, and. Probably we're not going to find one because we don't have any room under the salary cap space. Everybody here is, uh, you know, uh, wanting the Cavs to do something big, but they didn't realize, like, the big move they made was trading for Donovan Mitchell. So their big offseason move again this year is trading for Donovan Mitchell. Neither one of our teams is really in the sweepstakes here. You know, I respect Vanessa Dame Mm -hmm. Lillard saying, I want to spend my entire career in Portland. Very few players have this approach now it's the Kobe Bryant it's the Dirk Nowitzki right it's the 20 years it's one team and if Dame could win a championship in Portland I think it would count a lot more in my mind than it would if he went to Miami or somewhere else so secretly is it okay for me to say in my head as he goes back and forth and the Blazers try to navigate this I'm kind of rooting for him to spend his entire career as a Blazer
3: he turns 33 in July To your point, he has been extremely loyal to the team that has drafted him. He's averaged, I believe it's over 20 points uh, per game every season except his rookie year. He has, you know, won all of the individual accolades. He wants to do it in Portland. I really respect that. And it's rare. And it's rare in basketball, especially we're at the point now, Aaron, to where it's kind of rare in all of professional sports. So sure. I would love to see Dame do it in Portland as well. Yeah. I just don't know if it's feasible. I think when the Blazers drafted Scoot, I think a lot of us thought it seemed even less feasible. So we'll see.
2: Yep. I don't know that it makes sense for the Blazers anymore to have Dame Lillard on their team. I actually think they're the ones that might have to be the bad guys. In a statement, Blazers GM Joe Cronin the GM of the Blazers, not the former baseball player, the GM of the Blazers said he met with Dame Lillard and agent Aaron Goodwin this afternoon. Quote, we had a great dialogue. We remain committed to building a winner around Dame. What does this mean? What is Lillard's strategy? ESPN NBA reporter Brian Winhurst was on
4: getup earlier this morning. Well, this was the meeting that a lot of the league was watching to see if Damian Lillard requested a trade and he absolutely did not. In fact, from what I understand, the tenor of the meeting was that he doesn't want to put pressure on the seven, on the uh, six on the blazers uh, that he wants to see what they do in free agency, and he's going to give them that time to do that. So he is still going to give the blazers every opportunity to work through this free agency process this week, whether it's through trades or signing players. Now I will tell you, That this is going to potentially cause some teams that were going to make offers for him to have to move on with business. They they were waiting to see whether Dame Lillard was going to be on the market before they started to make moves this week. Now some teams are going to have to make a decision, either go forward or wait around.
2: I respect Dame's loyalty, Vanessa, but if I'm the Blazers, I mean, I got to be looking at timelines and the amount of money that I'm paying my star player. And thinking about, all right, well, what can we get back in trade for him that is going to help us ultimately win a championship? Because I don't know if it's practical to do what Dame wants, which is to stay there and win.
3: I don't know that it is either. And when I hear Wendy say that, my first immediate thought goes to Miami. Miami the Miami Heat because of the way that he could pair with Bam and Jimmy Butler and, you know, that crew and how much success they had. And could he be the person that puts them over the edge? So is that windy implying that they're one of several teams that are going to have to move on if they don't figure out within the next, you know, next couple of weeks, what he's doing. I don't think Damian Lillard wants to become the, Kevin Durant or the guy that you know because he still has four years on, left on this max contract I don't right. think he wants to become the guy where every season it's a storyline right the ring I think chase it, exactly right? and yeah. but I think that because he loves Portland so much and he is so loyal uh-huh. it might become that um you know certainly if it were to drag into even next season I think people would perceive it that way so to your point people act like it's really all in Damian Lillard's head. Obviously, the franchise has to make the actual trade. Right. So there's right. a lot of question marks here.
2: And everybody's expecting Lillard to be the one that demands the trade because that's what a lot of NBA right. players do, and that's not happening. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Vanessa Richardson. I don't know that Damian Lillard is listening. I mean, I don't know what else he's doing. He was just in France. <laughs> I mean, Maybe what else would he be us. doing? Of course yeah, he's listening. Yeah, on the ESPN App. So, so, Dame, let me offer you a little bit of advice here. <laughs> If you actually want to win a championship in Portland, I actually think the best thing for you to do is to get the hell out of Portland. And here's what I mean by that. How cool would it be ultimately Vanessa if KD went back to Oklahoma City and they won a championship there? I think people would I think people would love that story. What did the Cavs have to do to win a title with LeBron? They really needed four years without LeBron to suck and hit the lottery and get Kyrie and Tristan Thompson and the number one pick that turned into Wiggins that they ended up trading for Kevin Love. The whole foundation of that team was built on the fact that LeBron left. And frankly, if LeBron had stayed in Cleveland for his entire career, I think we'd be looking at 38-year-old LeBron James with zero NBA championships, Right now. So actually, if Dame wants to ultimately get back to Portland and bring Rip City its first title since 1977, blah, blah, blah. I kind of think that leaving Portland is the best way to go about doing that, and then maybe he comes back and plays there when he's 36, 37 in a That's couple of I years. That's what I'm saying,
3: because he's almost 33. So you're saying he would need to leave for three years and then yep. come back when he's in his essentially late 30s, 36, 37? Otherwise,
2: I don't think it's going to happen for him. I mean, what in is Portland,
3: their... you mean, yeah. yeah no? th- their
2: best case scenario is you know, they go with Dame and Scoot. Again, we have two little guards again. Like We've been down this road before. They have shade Sharp, who they're
3: going to have to pay. I mean, yeah. that's it's a very Simons, real thing. It's
2: it's a it's an odd fitting team right now. So these are tough decisions to make. But I actually I would recommend if I was Dame that the best thing for him when accomplishing his ultimate goal, which is I guess winning a championship in Portland. You know, I don't know. He doesn't want to be Clyde Drexler. You know, who played his whole career in Portland and then went to Houston to win a title with Akeem Olajuwon but that actually might be what's best both for him and for the organization. Nobody can question Vanessa that he's given the Blazers every chance and every single opportunity to win with him. I mean, they've had they've been doing this now for it's it's not like he's going running out on them. Um I just think it's what's best for him and what's best for the Blazers. I really appreciate his loyalty. Like I do, do too. But I to your really, point if you're
3: if you're I the Blazers, it. can you properly surround Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson with the pieces they need, no. you know, if you think it, you you know, with the amount of money Dame is taking up.
2: Yeah, right. Enjoy the play in tournament. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we all this year we saw two play in teams uh make the NBA finals. I could see the Blazers in the play in. That is if Dame stays healthy in two thousand twenty three, two thousand twenty four. So I actually think it might be best for all parties in order to make a deal. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers 24-7 protection when you bundle home, auto, and motorcycle. Learn more by going to Progressive.com. That is
1: Progressive.com. Overall, I thought we were starting to get it done. You could see the change in the culture.
4: This entire process started by losing. I don't think that's how you can build a culture. As far away as they've tried to get from trust the process, they're still the losing stench in that organization.
1: If they get to the second round again and they get bounced,
0: why wouldn't Embiid sit there next year and go, hey guys, we don't have enough. I want out of here.
4: We're still
2: talking about the process. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app from Portland. Vanessa, we go to Philadelphia where there is a lot of NBA drama. They got a brand new head coach. Will James Harden be in Philly or will he join you as a member of the Houston Rockets? (laughs) Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Um, I tend to agree with ESPN Radio's Joe Fortenbaugh who has been making the case, you know, when you lose on purpose for years and years, eventually your organization starts to pay the price for that. And I think that Philly is still feeling the effects of the process. It's still lingering in the air in their organization.
3: I absolutely believe the same thing. Sorry, I thought we were going to play. I heard Joe's rant, by the way, and the best part was, uh, Freddie Coleman just, l- just saying, wow, I don't know that I feel that passionately because Joe was just <laughs> going off about the process. The process, by the way, has its own Wikipedia page. So this is a major thing. Um, it, the label of the process, the amount of times we've heard it talked about yeah. gives me like Moneyball in Oakland vibes with the Oakland A's. Like it's it's like you have this like yeah. thing this this amount of time for a franchise where something big is supposedly happening and no doubt there have been changes, but is it going to lead to a championship?
2: Um I look, as much as the losing stench is a factor, I think the fact that Joel Embiid can't stay healthy and they can't trust Harden to deliver in a big playoff game, I don't know, up 3-2 at home with the lead in the fourth quarter. They can't count on their guys to make a play or make a shot. Joe Fortenbaugh is the guy who went on this rant. His <laughs> name is Joe Fortenbaugh. I don't know what I just tried to call him, but it was not his actual name. Let me say that Epic again. It's, his, Joe Fortenbaugh went on this
4: rant. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Take a listen. The franchise has never gotten away from their losing culture. This entire process started by losing. Hey, everyone, Hmm. stick with us here. We're going to do a ton of losing, but don't worry. Once we're done losing, we're going to start winning. I don't think that's how you can build a culture. As far away as they've tried to get from trust the process, all that early losing and tanking, they're still the losing stench in that organization. And they, as a culture and as a franchise, cannot get past it. And you see that every year in the conference semis when they can't raise their game. They don't have the toughness. They were not outplayed in game six by the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. They completely fell apart in the last six minutes of that game, cost them from advancing.
2: You know, I I don't know. There are some teams that have tanked, Vanessa, and it has caused them to get great quarterbacks or, you know, I don't know, the Houston Astros tanked, and they've won a couple of World Series off of it.
3: They did indeed. Yeah, they did indeed. But it has to work. Obviously, it has to work. And the process, you would think, would be finished with James Harden. I mean, when you look at the fact that Joel Embiid won MVP, when you look at the pieces that you know they have in Philly other than Embiid and Harden and and the success that they were able to have, but we also know Harden can be inconsistent, you would hope if you're a Philadelphia fan that bringing in James Harden, this guy who's a 10-time All-Star, you know, that that can be the final move that propels you to the championship that you've, you've desired for so long since you started this quote-unquote process. And, you yeah. know, you've had Daryl Morey making these moves and trying to finesse it to what you want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened so far. And we saw two different James Hardens, I mean really two different Joel Embiid's during the playoffs. We saw great games, and then we saw games where Harden scored less than 10 points.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Embiid can't stay healthy through a playoff run. That has nothing to do with the process. Taking Markel Foltz instead of Jason Tatum, that has nothing to do with the process. Ben Simmons and the whole saga has nothing really to do, in my mind, with the process. Doc Rivers being the wrong coach for the team has nothing to do with the process. I just think through all of this, they've made some right decisions And they've made a bunch of wrong decisions. But I actually think, Vanessa, they were the best team in the East this past year. I think they should have beaten Boston. Then I think they would have beaten Miami. I mean, they're right there. It's the fourth quarter of Game 6 in a closeout game for you at home. Tatum has been terrible. You need Harden and Embiid to make like two plays and you're going to go to the conference finals and then eventually you're going to go to the finals. So I think it has more to do with them making some wrong decisions along the way than it does that the losing stench of the culture. I don't know that I totally believe that what Sam Hinkie did 8 years ago is still affecting what they're doing in Philadelphia today.
3: I don't I also don't know that it's a losing culture Overall, because I, as simple as this sounds, I don't know that they lose enough games to be a losing culture currently as it is. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, like they're they're like you said, they're still the best team in the East, if not one of the top two teams in the East. You know, we'll see what the Celtics do and what they're able to do with Joe Missoula and that coaching staff and all the moves that were made with Marcus Smart, etc. We'll see how the East shapes up. But I don't know that I agree that it's a losing culture either however like I said anytime you tack a name to something like the process people are going to take inventory and evaluate where said process is so has it been a failure well I don't know that it's over yet so I don't know that you can say that it's a failure is it what 76ers fans hoped it would be until you get the championship I'm not saying get close to a championship until get you get to it a,
2: get to a conference finals first yeah my goodness I mean they have right. got back to can, the you got to back to the playoffs you know and they mm-hmm. do have the mvp of the league on their team they got uh you know espn and tnt back in the building i guess really that's been the biggest accomplishment they you know and losing these playoff series where they're actually the better team that's such an indictment um i hate to put you in an uncomfortable spot but i love putting you in an uncomfortable you spot. love it vanessa works for the houston rockets I know you've been inside the war room with the front office and with Tillman Fertitta. You're part of the decision-making process, actually, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, a-
3: assistant GM here.
2: Uh, what can you tell us about the Rockets and James Harden? Anything? Would you be shocked if it happened? Like, just anything you can say. I'll give you the floor.
3: Yeah, No, it's a, it's a fair point, and what I will say, and I always tell people this as, as a sideline reporter, like, I travel with the team, I'm, I'm at the hotel. Like, I do hear things like maybe regarding injuries, or maybe I'll hear that a player is, is feeling sick and know that he's not going to play before it gets announced. But when it comes to things like this, like with James Harden, I'm finding out, as the rest of the world is, with Woj and Shams and, and everybody tweeting out those things when they tweet out. And I look, James's best friends are still here in Houston, so yep. I hear the dialogue, I hear the back and forth, but the latest report that nobody really knows Has that not been the report for the last like three months? I mean, it's, it is literally turned into a will he or won't he? And, and it comes down to, you know, he has family, friends, his heart is in Houston, he has a restaurant here, he loves it. Um, or does he want to continue to get closer to winning a ring in the immediate future? That's really all it comes down to. Now, I know there's money involved. Would somebody give him the max? Will either, I mean, there's a lot of questions here, but. Yeah. And that, the that's latest what I, I think. saw is, like, nobody knows.
2: <laughs> I think, and, and I know nothing of this situation, even less than you do, but it, to me it feels like he might be using the going back to Houston thing as leverage to try to squeeze as much money as he possibly can out of Philadelphia because he took less this past year, and I just think it makes sense for him. You know, with Daryl Morey, who wears, I mean, he loves James Harden so much he wears shirts with James Harden's face on them around town. Indeed. That's a lot. I mean I don't wear a shirt with a man's face on I don't I don't own a shirt with a man's face on it I don't think or a person's that's, face on it
3: That's shocking to me. That's first that first the, the no showing chest hair uh, at the beginning of the show and now nobody on your shirt that's uh that's shocking to me. But who is going to give James Harden the max would be the question. I mean he's one of the most beloved players in Houston. I get that. But he's obviously also getting up there in age. Um, You know, He's had issues performing in the playoffs that have been well-documented that he's even talked about. So how much money is Houston willing to give him? And to your point, we know the leverage game. We know the name of the game. And it is not just in the NBA. It is in all professional sports. So James Harden coming back to Houston is still extremely intriguing to me, but we're hearing less about it now, Aaron,
2: than we were a month ago. Two other quick things. Uh, one, I just lied. I just realized I do own a, a shirt with Nikola Jokic's face on it.
3: As you should. You're from Denver. Uh, That's I grew acceptable. up in
2: Denver, and I do. It's an NBA Jam shirt, and it has Yoko, Oh, and Jamal Murray's face is also on it. They're, I don't know if you knew this. They're both NBA champions, uh, by the oh, way. Oh, are they? They got, they got a ring. They want a title. Um, and then the other thing I had for you is I've thought actually about lasering the hair off of my chest. Good idea. Oh bad idea. Terrible yeah. idea. Well, I was
3: going to eat what, lunch at some point, but I think I'll skip that for today.
2: I, I mean, I it, it is kind of like I don't know. I, do I? If you have any thoughts, yeah. Do the, wa- do, do, do the waxing.
3: Waxing like in forty-year-old virgin. No,
2: I, I don't want to wax. I want There there has to be <sighs> a laser involved. I feel like Pain. a laser is is less painful than a than a waxing situation. Uh, Coming up next, we'll talk more about chest hair and which free agent will have a bigger impact on their new team this season. Will it be Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins? Of course, those two topics go together. We'll get into all of that.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
2: Well, what NFL team is going to be forced into being featured on Hard Knocks this year? We'll talk about it coming up. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Vanessa Richardson. We are in for the guys, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Out to the hotline we go. The coach, Herm Edwards, is standing by. He joins us now. We'll get into some NFL things, coach, in just a second. But first, with NBA free agency on the horizon, it starts Friday, 6 o'clock. Walk me through when, when you're trying to sell a recruit or a free agent beyond just the money factor, what is the Herm Edwards pitch to a free agent like? <laughs> you're talking you're talking trying to recruit a player? <laughs> yeah, or, or try or yeah, <laughs> well, trying to obviously. you're a free agent, yeah.
5: Yeah, well well, look, let, let's make this perfectly clear. They can like the coach as much as they can like the coach and they can like the situation. But that money always rules. It just seems to rule every time. It's the one that gets you at the end, right? And and you know that going in. uh, I think when it's close, that's when, uh, you know, your your team members, the players on the team that have relationships with players, uh, that always helps. But at the end, you know, and and I get it as a former player, these players are going to do right by them as far as they want to go to a place that they can win. They want to go to an environment where they can kind of be their selves. Um, they, want to, they want to be with guys that they know uh, that are about ball. All those things matter. But at the end, I know when I was in free agency trying to deal with players, it was the bottom line that you thought you had the guy. and We're going to get him all signed up. And before you know it, somebody came in there with a bigger offer, and they were gone.
3: So speaking of uh, that type of situation, with DeAndre Hopkins, we've heard New England, we've mm. heard Cleveland, a reunion with Deshaun Watson, we've heard Carolina floated around. Where do you see best fit for D-hop, uh with where he's at uh, in his career currently?
5: I said this two months ago, and everybody looked at me like I was silly. I said, <laughs> go to New England, everybody looked at me, what? I said, yeah, go to New England. Um, you would be the featured receiver. Now, he's not the guy he was in the past, as far as speed-wise, but getting him the ball, the one thing Bill Belichick is going to do, he's going to allow his best players to get the ball. He knows that. They need a receiver of his stature in the fact that um, it makes it easier for the quarterback because he, he will catch you open when you make errors. When you throw the ball around him, he'll catch you for a completion. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's a guy that when you cover him, he's not covered, and you've got to throw it to him. And this helps young quarterbacks uh, when you get a receiver like this.
2: Mm -hmm. Herm Edwards is with us. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Uh, The other free agents right now, Coach, are running backs. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, still out there on the market. I'm interested in your read on what's happened to the position in the NFL and what guidance and advice you'd give those guys who are still looking for jobs.
5: Well, I think they all know that now all of a sudden that, that position is kind of devalued a little bit because it's become a passing league. And I think what's hurt the running back more than anything else is the money, especially getting into their second contract. No team is willing to pay a guy that much. Why? It, it's a passing league, you know, and you just feel like you can always get a runner somewhere. Um, now, with that being said, I've always said this, uh, you throw the score and you got to run the win. Because if you're an outdoor team and you play in the elements when November and December hit, you got to be able to run the football. You just do. Because when you don't do that, you become soft on defense. Then you can't stop the run. You know, and, and, and some of these teams, when you look at them, you watch them, um, when they, have the, they don't have the ability to run it, you know, when you see a team on third and one, third and two, got to throw the football, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Because let me tell you something. If you're an offensive lineman, you take pride in that. You take pride, in when it's third and two or less, coach, run the ball, right? So don't lose sight of that. So a lot of things go along with that. It, it, it makes your team tougher. You think you're a tough football team when you can run it. But with that being said, they pay the quarterback so much money, you got to score the ball, so you got to throw it. So, you know, it's kind of a half the media there. What kind of team are you, right?
3: How have you seen that shift? I mean, you've been in the league, obviously, in in one way, shape, or form, recovering the league for a long time. How have you seen that dynamic shift? (laughs) Come on,
5: Coach. Well, you know, what what has entered our league is college football. Mm. The spread formation, right? I mean, three receivers, four receivers, one running back. The fullback is obsolete. Now, it's kind of ironic. You look at some some of the better teams, one that I know that's up the road for me, the San Francisco 49ers, they still use a fullback. And they use tight ends. And it's amazing when you watch games being played, the teams that use the tight ends properly and the fullbacks, defense, defensively, you don't practice against that a lot anymore. You practice with one linebacker on the field now. You play with five to six defensive backs on first down because of the way people throw the ball. But then when you run the ball, defenses, it's hard for them to line up against that. It's almost a free first down because it's like, we can't stop this. We don't ever practice against this, right? Yeah. So yep. it's kind of – it's funny when you watch it all involved. It, it just is. And you look at the teams that kind of get in there and run it a little bit. San Francisco does that. The Miami Dolphins will do some of that. Some of these teams, you watch them, they're prolific throwing the football. But when it gets down to third and threes and, or less, they have the ability to run the ball and make first down.
2: Herm, you know, not just them. Philly also like pushing the. the I want, I want the fullback not blocking for me at this point. I want him pushing me from behind, almost more yeah, than anything um, else. <laughs> yeah,
5: the, 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 the what is it? The push, whatever they call it. That's why all these teams now right are getting trying to get Oh you're going to see that more and, that
2: exactly. Herm Edwards is with us ESPN NFL analyst. All right coach, when you were in KC I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I yes. think you had a year where you had the Hard Knocks cameras all over yes. the place and we're we're hearing now that they're going to force a team that doesn't want it and it might be the New York Jets, team you used to coach into taking Hard Knocks. What what can you what do you remember from that experience, and how did it affect your team either positively or negatively?
5: It, it, it's not a negative thing. And you think with the players today, they would they, that's going to be a distraction with these guys? You're on camera every day anyway. We'll True. Right? I mean, it is, we're making this hard knock like a big deal. It ain't a big deal anymore. The fans are in your locker room. They're in your dining room. They're everywhere because of these guys with the cameras. They, they show that stuff. Don't, just, you know what? Now you don't have to worry about it anymore. Tell the players, hey, man, you got to bring your cameras. We got hard knocks here. We're good. Don't worry about it. You get used to it. Players are used to it. It's not that big of a deal anymore. It used to be, but in today's world, come on. Not a big deal. The Jets need to do it. They're the new America's team.
2: Yeah. They've taken they just out got Aaron Rodgers.
5: They got Aaron Rodgers. Right? You guys yep. talk about the Jets more than you talk about the Cowboys.
2: I mean, no doubt, and I I want to see the the uh, episode where Aaron Rodgers does ayahuasca. And I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, Coach, I'm in on all that. I'm front row seat. I want to see him go. I want to see him in the room for about two days because he needs some darkness again. <laughs> right. don't, don't we, we all? Can, we got to put a light in the room though, in order to see how crazy he gets. <laughs> coach, appreciate the time oh, as thanks, always. Coach. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Herm. All right, now Be will. That's Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. Up next, we'll talk about what Coach said about hard knocks. The Jets are bracing for the involuntary cameras invading their facility. Has hard knocks run its course? It's next on Canty and Carlin, Aaron Goldhammer, Vanessa Richardson with you. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better.
6: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall.
2: ConstantContact.com.
1: Kansi and Carlin, the podcast.
2: Feels like it was meant to be the New York Jets and Hard Knocks in 2023. Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Vanessa Richardson. You can follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at HammerNation19. You can follow Vanessa at SportsVanessa. And you can also chime in with us, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888 3776 Hard Knocks used to be really cool. Vanessa mm. used to be must-see TV. I just am at a point with it now after 20-some-odd seasons where I'm just a little, you know, the fiery coach speech, the underdog who you root for, who doesn't make the team, the star player, the goofy rookie show. It It's the same beats, and I'm kind of ready for something a little bit different. In fact, I don't know, regardless of whether it is the Jets, they force the Jets to do it. I don't know how all in I'll be on this season of Hard Knocks. It kind of has to sell me
4: first.
3: I agree, and I think my question is ultimately which hard knocks are we getting? Because if we can get a great personality like Rex Ryan, now I let let's go eat a snack, like the classic speech, or if we can get William Hayes from the Rams saying he doesn't believe in dinosaurs but does believe in mermaids. Like I'm down if it's the good entertainment, but what we've seen I think has been more bland. Quite frankly Aaron, I think it's because it's more league mandated. Look, we know how this works. The NFL reviews all of the film before it goes, you know, to HBO and and the producers, and I think it's gotten too pinched and too put together. So you got to let it fly if you're going to do Hard Knocks. I want to see the real authentic personalities come out.
2: And here the problem with that is now there are a few teams that meet the criteria for the league to force the team to do it. Jets, Saints, Bears and Commanders fit the criteria. And, like, some of these teams, I don't know. They just, like, are the commanders really all that interesting? A new owner? I don't know what their other they big are. They would be if we, the the that, right. yeah, like, yeah. if we could oh, get
3: the you... behind-the-scenes. That's what I'm saying. We're not going to get it. Like, if we could get the behind-the-scenes of the sale and of, yeah, Rivera and Rivera not liking Snyder and all of that, yes, it would be. But we're not going to get that juicy stuff.
2: And then the real of the Jets, like, if they don't want to do this, they're going to, what is it, going to be boring Aaron Rodgers throwing passes to Alan Lazard? Like, no, I want I want to be in the meeting. To me, the best hard knocks moment of all time, and I'm curious what you think of this, <laughs> when we got to see Joe Philbin cut. Chad Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson. Do you remember this? Yes, because in the yes. room for the entire conversation. Fly on the wall. You could see it in Ocho's face that he couldn't believe that his like career at that point was probably coming to a close. It was an off the field issue that led to it. Man. That was there was also some great stuff with Antonio Brown that I'll never forget, which, you know, he never really ended up playing And with the feet, the frostbite on the feet from the cryo chamber. That was really good stuff. But to me, I, I like to be in the room with the guy that, the uncomfortableness, the authenticity of it is so, so important.
3: But to your point. Do you think that now with the issue with Chad Ochocinco, which was, I believe, a domestic battery case, do you think the NFL would ever let that air now? No. And that was in that was ten years ago because that was the twenty twelve season, so it's so over a decade ago. Do you ever think that the league would now let that air?
1: And so that's what
3: I mean is we're we're getting a over edited and 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 look, I get it, the SHIELD, the NFL, they want to protect the brand. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not as entertaining. It's just
2: Or guys playing to the cameras, which also is like, okay, like yeah. you're you're clearly uh. out here trying to, you know, say something ridiculous. Or like, did I really think Carl Nassib of the Browns really like didn't, thought he was a financial genius or the dinosaur mermaid thing? Some, some of me is like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, this guy's just trying to get famous. He knows he can't do it with his play, so he's got to say something ridiculous on Hard Knocks to try to get himself noticed. And I think that that... When it was back, like when the Ravens did it, nobody kind of knew what it was. And God, the cameras that was were just, great. That was just, it was riveting television. And I don't think we're at that place anymore. I'm curious to see this Netflix show that's coming a little bit later this summer called Quarterbacks with Mahomes and Mariota and Kirk Cousins. I think that'll be pretty awesome. Up next, ESPN Radio, rank them. My top five running backs. Who wouldn't want to hear them? They're next. <laughs> ESPN Radio, the ESPN app.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.